Ladies and gentlemen, this is your host Muhammad Nabil, and we are back with another episode of Two Aliens Podcast. Along with me, my good friend Numan Zulfikar is here. How are you doing, Numan? Hey, folks, how are you? Welcome to another edition of the Two Aliens Podcast MMA show, and let's get straight into it. What a great, uh, great card we had. What do you think, Nabil? Definitely, I saw the fight. It was phenomenal. I mean, every single fight was exceptionally fantastic. Whatever the words you want to put in. You, you have to add it inside it because uh, all the fighters gave like 100% every single fight was fantastic i enjoyed every fight actually yeah i mean uh, it was weird in some ways but also at the same time it was awesome in some ways it was weird because there was no crowd right so uh, there was no attendance yeah. so so you didn't really have any oohs and ahs from you know from the <laughs> from the crowd I mean, exactly. Exactly. the Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson fight, had there been a crowd there, they would have gone crazy throughout the whole uh, 24 minutes or 25 minutes of the fight. On the plus side, you could hear what the cornermen were instructing their fighters. You could hear you could hear every single punch, every single kick, every single elbow. So that added a whole new element of nasty to the fights, in my opinion. Dude, I'm say, uh, there were even some scenarios, some situations where I was able to even hear the breath sounds of the fighters clearly yeah i'm not surprised man i mean that tony and uh, justin fight holy shit mm. exactly holy shit i mean uh, we did we did an episode before the fights and i predict i predicted like most people would have that uh, tony would be winning this fight and you know this would set him up with an undisputed showdown against khabib but Justin Gaethje yeah. surprised us all, man. Exactly. Too. I was, me myself also, I was betting on Tony Ferguson. And I was thinking, has this guy has a, uh, you know, a clean record of destroying all the fighters easily. Plus so a 12-fight win streak. Exactly, yeah. 12-fight win streak is a huge record by itself. So I was thinking, okay, this guy is going to destroy Justin. He's going to be like a walk in the park. He's going to be like, okay, Khabib, come over. As soon as possible, you can put the fight in and that's it. So it would be like a test run for him, for this guy, for Tony. But it was completely opposite, Naman. Yeah, man. I mean, see, I won't, I won't go as far as to say that it would have been a walk in the park for Tony. Because Justin, listen, man, Justin is a world-class fighter. He came in, uh, he came in with the right mindset. See, the reason why uh, I feel, you know, Tony didn't perform as well as he could have uh, was because. Nabil, I'm not sure if you know, but weight cuts can be really terrible for your body. Not just your body, but also your mental state, right? So when you're doing a weight cut, um, you're basically dehydrating yourself. Okay, so that really taxes your brain as well. I mean, this has happened time and again in boxing, in MMA, in wrestling, that uh, people who go through weight cuts and severe weight cuts at that, you know, they are more susceptible uh, to health problems and not just that, they're lethargic uh, sometimes in the fights and they're easy to knock out because your brain is not getting the juices, so to speak. So, Tony Ferguson actually had to do two weight cuts because his fight was originally scheduled for last month, that didn't take place. So, he had already made weight by then. Okay, and then okay. Uh, then he had to do a weight cut again. So two weight cuts, I mean, that really takes a toll on your body. The other thing is, uh, Tony was supposed to fight Khabib, right? Khabib is a grappler. So Tony yeah. spent all these months training for a grappler. And then in the end, he has to fight a guy who 
who by the way is also a grappler but he doesn't grapple Justin Gaethje is a, uh, is a wrestler and a very accomplished oh. wrestler but in the MMA game he's he's a striker so now Tony had exactly. to uh, during the adjust fight, his game one, one thing before we move on forward I just want to ask you I just want to go back that uh, the experience the amount of experience Tony Ferguson has of fights as you were mentioning 12 fight streaks and even before that uh, I, I completely agree with you that that you know it takes a toll on your body itself and your mind. But still, as an experienced fighter, and I, I don't know, he's 34 years old or 35 years old. 36. He must have, yeah, sorry, 36 years old. So with that amount of ex- fighting experience, don't you think he must be prepared for that fight before already? Like I, I understand, like you know, one month, like two months gap or three months gap, you have to like you know cut your body weight. But still, I mean. that can't be a for me i personally believe that can't be an excuse like, you know a reason for for a loss i think so and uh, no i mean i'm not no. saying uh, see justin gechi out outclassed tony simple as that but hmm. you know tony could have done better i'm not saying that uh, you know these are the reasons but many fighters especially a guy like anthony J- rumble johnson you know who knocks who used to knock out people in the heavyweight and light heavyweight division okay he got knocked out in the welterweight division by josh kaschek who was never known for his knockout power who was always a wrestler so hmm. you know weight cuts can take a toll on your body and if you're doing two weight cuts see i i completely understand your point that he is a very experienced fighter he's been fighting for a long time hmm. but having two weight cuts i mean that's going to drain your body no matter what i mean the moment uh, the fight started i felt that tony uh, tony looked a bit slow he didn't look as sharp as he normally is you see normally what happens is tony is able to keep a pace throughout all five rounds he wasn't able to do that against uh, justin one of those reasons okay. is because justin was justin was basically smoking tony throughout all five rounds one of the things one of the things justin did was uh, if you remember if you saw the fight Mm. Justin's coach said take 10% power off your punches and just focus on technique and he immediately made the switch it was like the coach said it and he immediately made the switch exactly i remember yeah, during the break yeah during the break he said that one more uh, thing i want to discuss is that you know the direct blows which tony ferguson was taking repeatedly why was oh my he god do- why was he dodging them was he overconfident like okay like the previous fights i'm going to like you know ignore this guy as well i'm going to ignore the punches I, i have a strong chin or something or what i have t- done this before so many times so i can you know bear this also the pain so i believe one of the reason for the for his downfall is also the blows which he constantly received in every single round i felt this wasn't the normal tony that we used to tony normally oh, he, he does take a lot of hits okay that's mm. something we have come to you that's something uh, that you have to realize you know when you're watching a tony ferguson fight is that he gets hit mm. but he got hit way too many times in this fight and mm. again i felt the reason was again, he was slow his reaction time was slow some of the punches he he were throwing were a bit off pace okay he really landed a very good uh, uppercut Mm-hmm. on the end of the second round and Justin Justin's lights were out but it was yeah, it, it was the end of the round so that gave Justin time to recover but again i feel i mean see i'm not taking anything off Justin's case i think Justin very well is a very uh, good fighter i think he really he deserved that victory i think he deserves to fight Khabib but speaking speaking fairly speaking medically i don't think Tony Tony was as sharp as he is normally in in, uh, in a fight 
for me okay one more thing i wanted to uh, which i noticed was that you know i think it was the second last round or maybe the last round i guess where um, where justin threw a, a punch and it hit on the right side of his temporal i mean the skull region on the right side above his ear i think so that was the blow which i think made him wobbly like lose his balance and uh, afterwards that was like his downfall from there onwards he kept on losing his concentration okay before that he was getting punched constantly but like that portion of his side of the skull like you know that place above the ears is like the skin is very less and you if you hit that constantly you lose your balance you lose your equilibrium so that's the worst place to get hit and uh, as you yourself also are mentioning um naman that even though if you are used to those punches but you know in my opinion every fighter has his own strength and justin proved that much like you know the, the amount of punches he was throwing and this with the strength he was throwing that punches those were brutal plus the timing the accuracy with which he was throwing those punches was phenomenal it's every blow in the second last and the last round was hitting perfectly on tony yeah man i mean see justin hits like a truck but uh, you have to give props to tony if there was any other fighter they would have been dead by by the second round <laughs> but sure tony was alive till the end of the fifth round that's when the referee then that's when Herb Dean was like okay just stop it you know i've seen enough and i think that was a good stoppage in my humble yeah. opinion i think that was a good stoppage because mm. who knows man maybe if uh, justin hit him with another blow that would have probably ended the man's career exactly because tony was uh, tony looked completely out of his element do i think tony is going to make a comeback i have a feeling he might but i don't know uh, considering the amount of punishment he took in this fight and his age Um mm-hmm. w- one thing I do know for sure is Tony versus Khabib not happening. Yeah, which is disappointing to hear actually Numan. Yeah, which is disappointing to hear. I mean, had Tony won this fight, they would have been scheduled to fight for a sixth time. Oh, sixth time. Woo! That's that was our main event. Mm-hmm. Justin Gaethje well deserved. Congrats on the interim title. Justin Gaethje basically through the interim title he's like, you know, I don't want this belt. This is fake. And I like that attitude, man, because <laughs> uh, no, to be very honest, interim titles are a joke now. Come on, at least you know you, you got something. Like I mean, no, it's uh, a joke because he knows Tony Ferguson won the interim title and it didn't mean jack shit because he got stripped of it while doing a press event for UFC. Then Dustin Poirier won the won the interim title. Okay, he mm-hmm. went on to face Khabib. Dustin Poirier knew he wasn't really a champion. You know, he faced Khabib and then Khabib smoked him up. You can get, you can say that you know he okay, but I think Justin tried. Dustin tried his best. I mean, like in second round, I think it was against Khabib. Khabib that he came kind of close. He had one moment, man. Come on, what are you talking about, Nabi? I mean, one Even moment that, in a whole one moment in a whole match. You can't say that. Dude. You know. Even that he, one moment can make a difference because you're fighting. But it didn't make a difference. That's what we're talking about. It didn't make a difference. He he's not a champion. If it I, did make a difference, he would be, he would be the champion. It didn't make any difference whatsoever. I completely agree with you. But you know, fighting against Dagestani warrior, I mean, the complete package, uh, Khabib. It's very very hard, man. I completely even if you're going against throwing a punch against him is very hard now. But you gotta give props to that that guy for. I actually really like Dustin Poirier. But to say that he had a good performance against Khabib, I would not say that. Not to be very honest. People say that Al Aquinta had a good performance against Khabib. Al Aquinta was a last minute replacement for Tony. 
first of all and second of all Al Quinta lost all five rounds so how is that a good performance if you lose all five rounds exactly yeah. okay that is wrong yeah obviously I agree with you on that yeah I mean people say that he didn't get mauled as most other fighters do I mean that's the standard way we're setting Khabib's opponents okay so we're not basing them off of uh, how good they perform against Khabib we're basing them off how much damage Khabib did to them <laughs> Well, okay, so moving on. Just, just one last thing. I just, what do you think about the chances of Justin fighting against Khabib? I mean, yeah, Justin is definitely he... going to fight against Khabib. Do I think Justin has what it takes to beat Khabib? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Justin is a very good fighter. He he has excellent striking. He has a wrestling background, so he might be able to defend some some of those takedowns. But listen, man, Khabib is a train. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and every, and no human is... can stop a train. Yeah, you can, unless you bring Bob the train itself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the only uh, only person who could stop Khabib at this time would be Khabib. Justin's chances are, if he, in the first few rounds, if he blows the punches perfectly and accurately, and, and if it hits perfectly, he's golden. He has the chance then to win the round. But if it keeps on delaying more and more, uh, you will see that, you know, Khabib... Yeah, then it's inevitable. Yeah, Khabib will win again. You know, it's quite possible that uh, Khabib wins in the first round as well. I mean, one of the things that Khabib does different than Tony is avoid getting hit. So if you look mm. at uh, Khabib in most of his post-fight interviews, mm. it looks like the guy didn't even have a fight. Right? Yeah. So even if he's yeah. fighting against strikers, he looks completely normal. He doesn't look like he's having any swellings or any injuries anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyways, so that's exactly. something that Khabib does very well. I mean, we talk about how good his offense is, but people really talk about how good his defense is, man. How he's able to avoid getting hit for how he's how he's been able to avoid getting hit for most of his career. So that's really commendable. Um, that's the fight to look out for. I believe this fight would be scheduled sometime in September, October, October mm. of this year. We'll see how it pans out. I mean, the world we're living in right now, we have to take everything one day at a time. Anyway, yeah. so the co-main event of the evening, it was Triple C, Hendy Sahudo versus Dominic Cruz. Triple C won by the end of the uh, second round via TKO, knees and punches. Dominic Cruz felt that, you know, it was a wrong stoppage. What do you think, Nabil? I don't know. I just felt like maybe DC uh, is just whining about it. I mean, like, Hendy deserves it. There were some moments, yeah, DC, like, Dominic threw some good punches. But on the long run, I believe Hendy had a good... He deserves the fight. He deserves it to win the chance. There was even a, an issue where Cruz was saying after the post, after the match, that uh, he felt the referee smelled like cigarettes and alcohol. But I don't know, man. I just felt like you gotta accept your defeat. You mean you had a good chance? You you threw some good punches, but at the at the end, I mean, like you lost. You, you gotta accept the fact. Then you can't deny that. And I'm not taking Henry's side on this one. I'm not. I'm not a Triple C, but. Triple C deserves that fight, man. See, I'll give you my opinion. I feel that it was a, it, it was the right stoppage. You know, some Dominic Cruz was saying, how can I be knocked down when I'm getting back up? Mm. Right? And he was actually uh, getting up, uh, if, you saw, if you saw the highlights. Once Sahuda knocked him down, and he started a barrage, barrage of punches, uh, yeah. slowly, slowly but surely, Dominic was getting up, but that's when the referee stopped the fight. Why I feel it was a good stoppage is because, come on man, you got 11 unanswered blows to your head. What yeah. else is the referee, referee going to do? 11. I mean, the referee has... And they, those were bombs, man. 
those weren't like those weren't like you know touch and go touch and go strikes those were like actual bombs so how can you uh, how can you say that you felt that it was a wrong stoppage i mean i understand you know he's being a whiny little uh, <laughs> whiny little prick about it but truth of the matter is hendy saulo whether you like him or not definitely one of the best uh, mma fighters of all time yeah he is and he uh, once again i would say that it's a close call it's a close call okay there are some like there is a moment i okay i believe if you're standing up you feel like okay you're not losing your balance and you have a chance okay maybe even though i am taking blows on on the head uh, on the body i believe okay if i can stand up and fight again and i'm and you are seeing me i'm standing up again then okay maybe i have a fair chance or i should be given a chance to fight but yeah as you are saying 11 punches non non stop on the head it's uh, i think it's better to stop the fight and be, uh, before someone just passes out on the octagon ring yeah Hendy Sahudo right after the fight said that um he would like to retire from MMA so he is relinquishing his belt his title for the bantamweight he also relinquished his uh, flyweight title as well the 125 division title what what are your thoughts on that i think he's uh, maybe it's a possibility that he's done from UFC but i think uh, i heard like uh, his coach was saying that he's now is going to focus on wrestling and he might be uh, trying out again in the USA team for the olympics oh really uh, that would be surprising because he's 33 years old now yeah he is actually old now but i think but you know uh, if anyone can do it i think sahudo sahudo could do it yeah i me myself also i think he still has it in him anyway i mean if he is retiring we would like to wish hendy sahudo the best for uh what he has planned for his next stage of his life know what he would be doing i mean if you ask me personally i think hendy sahudo could be could be doing this to get a better deal out of ufc but i don't know dana white said in the post fight press conference that and he had been discussing with the ufc about this for quite some time so you know maybe he does want to retire anyways guys moving on to the next fight the the heavyweight division fight at francis angano versus oh Jesse my Ho. god the monroy talks about oh my god man <laughs> if you didn't see this fight i mean you have to watch the whole 20 the, you, seconds you, of this fight you, you haven't <laughs> seen anything then you haven't seen you anything haven't seen yet. anything in life okay first of all jarzinho rosen strike by the way undefeated at the time hmm. um was talking a lot of smack and he was saying that you know Francis Ngannou doesn't have what it takes to fight a real fighter like him and all that blah 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 then Francis came in you know with a bad mood and the last thing you want to do in this world or in the afterlife or in the nether realm is find <laughs> Francis in a bad mood Exactly. So the fight started the fight started and just after 10 seconds I mean yeah. you have to see it man I mean the haymakers that Francis Ngannou threw had there been any had there been a normal person or a heavyweight he would have probably been dead Yeah exactly I mean I'm telling you man this was a really brutal like brutal fight yeah that's the right This was some mortal combat shit man <laughs> It's like I don't know man I just felt I feel so far for Jezinho I mean this guy okay I was routing for him maybe okay I was thinking uh, he would last at least like two rounds at least two rounds you know but as you mentioned I was thinking he might last uh, you know he might last one round and the next round he'll get probably he'll probably get knocked out but I didn't expect mm. this type of domination right out of the gate Yeah so Numan has out has you remember you told me one thing that um 
the fight was so short like the announcement the name details everything was longer than the fight actually <laughs> yeah i mean bruce buffer took more time uh, in the octagon than both of these guys did exactly yeah i'm looking at the yeah. time now and it's uh, it's maximum 20 seconds but exactly 20 seconds it's nothing i mean less than half a minute fight yeah uh, and and you know francis ngannou threw those wild punches he did. he was like you know i'll just fuck this guy up <laughs> so he wasn't really throwing any he wasn't really throwing any calculated strikes so mm. uh, if you saw those punches his face was just rub and he was just swinging it like a bear exactly yeah. it was yeah. just like you know he was i don't know but i feel like maybe he was just trying to get that like one punch if he hits him bam it's going to fall down he had this belief in him so he was just throwing random punches and he was maybe he was thinking okay i'm like if it hits him it's good if it doesn't i will keep on throwing more more punches on him but yeah anuman this fight was crazy i mean i felt sorry for jerzinho because i don't know you know it takes weeks to prepare for this fight and then you know he just don't even last like half a minute which is embarrassing and sad at the same time Yeah, I felt sorry for him. I mean, yeah, I really did f- felt sorry for him as well. Even Francis did, did did you see right after he killed him, right after he murdered him, he was just standing next to him like he he was uh, like, you know, he was feeling sad, "Oh my god, I just, you know, I just smoked this guy." Yeah, it was like as if I don't know, you know, it felt like as if uh, Francis Ngannou, a UFC professional UFC fighter, went to a school and he hit some kid over there and then afterwards he hitting the kid, he just felt like, "Man, I should not have fought this kid." That's how I felt like it's it was you can't compare this fight like it's yeah. as if it's like a professional fighter is fighting against an amateur I know it's yeah. it's a strong I mean I don't know how you go from here man uh, see DC and Stipe are supposed to close their trilogy while Francis has to wait I don't know I mean he's the he's the top guy after DC and Stipe so who do you give him do you make him wait or do you feed him another another one of these guys i don't know no nah, for me i think yeah he deserves a fight against uh, daniel cormier or stp he, he he does i think so but daniel cormier if you listen to it during the fight uh, after, sorry after the fight he was saying that you uh, and he felt shocked at the amount of punches thrown at jazinho by francis and he it wasn't was, the amount it was it was the power with which those punches were thrown i mean there were like four maybe five punches but Man, all of them hit like bricks. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. For for me, I, as I was saying, uh, it's gonna be like if DC goes against Francis. Oh my God. I'll be even though DC has a long history of you know UFC fights, but it's gonna be a close call. I mean, Francis is brutal, man. He's like a bulldozer. He's gonna if he gets the chance, if he gets the one hit, DC will be down on the floor. So and if you compare him with Stipe it's going to be a good fight a really good fight Stipe is also Stipe my, Stipe sorry. and uh, Stipe and Francis actually did fight Oh did they I'm sorry my bad Yeah they did yeah and Stipe smoked him Stipe smoked him throughout the, uh, throughout all the rounds and Stipe uh, Francis basically had no answer for Stipe Hmm. So I mean I think Francis Ngannou is one of the top heavyweights is he better than DC or Stipe we don't know Francis has improved since 
his last fight with Stipe. So I mean, it's 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 a matter of uh, when they fight. Anyway, so then I, next fight was I mean the fight before that was Calvin Cater versus Jeremy Stephens. Jeremy Stephens weighed in a little overweight for his fight, mm-hmm. and he did lose to Calvin Cater via TKO and punches in the in the second round. Put that puts Calvin Cater in a very good spot. I think probably two or three fights away from a title shot in my opinion mm-hmm. fight before that was greg hardy versus uh jorgen de castro jorgen de castro was uh, starching greg, greg hardy's leg in the first round yeah. he made an adjustment from the second round and beyond that it was all greg hardy so congrats to greg hardy on the win in mm-hmm. the prelims i think the prelims had some really good fights so i think you would agree as well nabil Anthony Pettis defeated Connor uh, Donald Cerrone no, by a unanimous decision. Which, I mean, I feel it was a robbery. What do you think? Even Pettis felt that it was a robbery right after the races, and he was like, "Shit, man, I'll take it." <laughs> like, <laughs> even he was shocked. Oh, I won. Okay, wow. Okay, exactly. I, I'll take the I'll take the win. That's a controversial decision, first of all, and the reason for me also why I believe that is a controversial because I think it was round two, maybe round three, I guess, where um, Donald Cerrone complained about the eye poke. He like he, he wasn't feel like he he could not fight during that time. So and then it was a close call because uh, Donald took the cowboy did some good takedowns as well, and uh, I feel you know. It, it was surprising for me to see Donald lose. Actually, I completely agree. See, uh, here's here's the thing, man. If Anthony Pettis won by a split decision, I'd be like, okay. I mean, you know, I had Donald winning, but I can see that. Hmm. But when they said unanimous decision, I'm like, okay, that's Donald. Then they raised Anthony Anthony Pettis, and I'm like, what? How come? So yeah. I, I was completely baffled. How can he win by unanimous decision when um, you know even the fighter, the fighter who's winning he himself, you know, was completely, uh, completely taken aback. Yeah. So were. again, I mean, uh, Donald. Here's this thing I've noticed about Donald in his past few fights is that his eye swells up really quickly. That happened with the Tony fight. That happened, I believe, with the Conor fight as well. That happened in this fight as well. So I think that's something he needs to get checked up. Fight before yeah. that, we had a heavyweight showdown. Alexei Olenek defeated uh, the returning Fabricio Verdum. Alexei Olenek won by a split decision. I had him winning by a unanimous decision, but I can see. Um, I mean, I don't dispute the decision at all. Yeah. Fight before that, Carla Esparza defeated Michelle Watterson by split decision. Again, this fight I felt was. No, it's a close call. Uh, it's a close call for me. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I had, I actually had Michelle Watterson winning this fight. Yeah. When one of the judges, one of the judges, when they said 30-27, Carla Esparza, I'm like, what are you smoking, man? Yeah. Like, how can you say 30-27, Carla, when the fight was so close? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, okay, there were a few punches, but I mean, the moments where I felt, I think, uh, in my opinion, was round one and round three was, uh, it goes to Michelle Watterson, I believe. This is my thought. On I completely agree with you here. Carla Esparza, I think she took the second round, but I don't think she took the second round by a landslide margin. You know, it was still yeah. a close round. All <laughs> three rounds were close. In my opinion, one and three go to Michelle. Uh, the second round goes to Carla. Yeah. I mean, again, this was. Uh, I was like, okay, fine, split decision, no problem. But 
30-27 that makes absolutely no sense at all exactly Michelle Watterson on the other hand uh, you know looked quite shocked that she was like wow I thought I won this fight yeah and then she didn't and now you know she's close to 34 years old she's a mother uh, I don't know I mean how many how much mileage she has left maybe I think a, a, a one more fight or two fights maximum I guess that's it I don't know. I mean, maybe this was probably her best chance to, uh, you know, make a stake, make a claim at the strawweight division. But judges felt otherwise. So, what can you say, man? Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things that's happening nowadays. You know, you have to. Most of the fighters they have to keep this in mind that you know the judges now are either stupid or they come from a background of no. knowledge about the sport how come i mean i personally don't they have those uh, like uh, experienced retired or referees i mean like fighters who can become a referee or maybe you can or you can that's how it should be right but yeah. that's not the case the ju- the judges are appointed by the athletic commissions and they can come from any background oh okay so so uh, you could you could probably have a judge uh, scoring a fight who Who was a boxing referee? You know, who has never no? Who has never trained any martial arts in his whole life? Are you freaking serious? So how are they point? How is Dana White appointing these guys, or who's appointing these guys? Dana White actually is not appointing these guys. These are appointed by the Athletic Commission. Oh, okay. So they're like the same, ha- just like the just like the referees. So, for example, a, ref- a referee like Herb Dean. Hmm. Herb Dean is not employed by the UFC. Herb Dean is a private contractor for the UFC. Who? So basically, what happens is when Let's say UFC when a UFC event is happening, mm. the Athletic Commission will appoint the referees. The Athletic Commission will appoint the judges. Okay, got it. Okay, so mm. these are all coming from the Athletic Commission. Uh, if Dana White had a say in it, Mario Yamasaki and uh, I don't remember the other guy's name, Steve Mazagardi, mm. these two guys would have been out of their jobs a very long time ago. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, covering the last three, uh, covering the three remaining fights, Vincente Luque defeated Nico Price. This was a good fight in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely worth watching. Had had Justin Gaethje and uh, sorry, had Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson not fought, this would have probably been a contender for a fight of the night. No. Then in the early prelims, you had uh, Bryce Mitchell defeating Charles Rosa, unanimous decision, and then we had. Brian Spann defeating Sam Alvey. This is Smiley. Beautiful Sam Alvey. That was a beautiful uh that was a beautiful fight. That that it's worth watching. And in the end I just Anyway, uh, overall in the end I just want to say uh what happens to Ronald Souza because his fight got cancelled. Oh yes, we have to discuss about that. Uh by the way, Ronaldo Jacare Souza hmm. was supposed to fight uh, Uriah Hall. Hmm. And That fight didn't take place because Ronaldo uh, tested Ronaldo and two of his cornermen they tested positive positive for the coronavirus. Yeah. So there was a real scare there, and every fighter got tested. And uh, you know, thankfully, those uh, thankfully Ronaldo and his crew were the only ones who were uh, who, who tested positive for it. Yeah. So the fight was, uh, you know, the fight was obviously cancelled. Hmm. And Dana White has promised that he will. You know he will. Uh, Dana White has promised a purse for both Ronaldo as well as Uriah Hall because you know they did make it to the event, and so, I mean. Uh, so you're saying that what happened was unf- So you're saying that this is po- it's like a postponed fight. It will, it will happen again in the future. 
I'm not sure if this fight will happen again, but they did get the purse for it. Oh, okay. So they did. Get, they, they are getting paid for the fight. Oh, uh, so for showing up basically. Oh, they're not bad. At least okay, you got the money at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy for for both of the guys. See, man, they they went through the whole camp. You know, they took the time out. They traveled. Uh, they traveled all the way to Florida. Okay, they made weight. I mean, the least that UFC could do here is, uh, you know, pay them. Yeah, and they're doing that, so you know that's a very good thing. That's appreciable from Dana White, actually. I have to say. Yeah, and there's actually some uh, uh, there's actually some news in the media circulating that UFC has uh, banned uh, U- that UFC basically has a clause uh, in the new contracts hmm. for all the fighters, all the staff that if they criticize the UFC for their COVID nineteen measures, then you know. Uh, then all all their per, all, basically all the money they're supposed to get from the fight will be kept by the UFC. What the hell? Are you serious? Yeah, I mean if they if they choose to criticize the uh, coronavirus uh, safety measures that the UFC has taken. Or uh, by the way, uh, I want to add one more thing with this uh, which you are mentioning about Dana White. Did you hear about the news of uh, Dana White was complaining of with uh, against Stipe? Because he was telling him that you have to uh, get involved in the next fights whenever I schedule you up against someone. And Stipe was like, I have this this coronavirus issue is going on, so it's not safe to fight. But he was like, if you are under the UFC contract, you have to fight. Did you hear about that news? I didn't, but it's crazy for Dana White to think that, you know, uh, people, that everyone would be okay fighting in the coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, it's not safe. I mean, if... Uh, what like and the it's pretty bad in the US man US is the new epicenter of the coronavirus right so exactly why if a fighter doesn't want to fight i mean you should honor their decision why are you forcing them to fight exactly you, you can't do that and he was I, I think if he doesn't fight then the belt i don't know uh, i could be wrong but he, he, like you know they could take away his belt or something and you know the next thing you know i don't think they they would necessarily strip him but what they could do is they could have, uh, in that case, they could have DC fight uh, Francis Ngannou for the interim championship. Oh, okay. Got it. Anyways, uh, Naman, let's move on to the next coming fight, which is being, being held tomorrow. Uh, you, uh, Mr. Anthony Smith versus Glover Texera. So, what are your thoughts on, on that? Okay, so we have another, uh, we have a fight night. Anthony Smith versus Teixeira, not 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 a bad card in my opinion. There are some good fights in there. Carl Robson middleweight showdown between Carl Robson and mm. Marvin Vittori. I think that's a good fight. Light heavyweight showdown between o- OSP and Eon Kohetaibla. I'm 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 completely butchering that name. I complete. I apologize. <laughs> Alan Patrick and Frank Frank Camacho. I think that's another good fight in the mm. in the card. Mm. Andrew Sanchez and Zach Cummings. That's another middleweight showdown to look out for. Evan Dunham and Michael Johnson. These are uh, two of the OGs of the UFC. So they're uh, they're also on this card. Got it. And so, what about the la- I mean, la- overall, the- I feel it's a good card. What about the ladies' fight? Um, I think uh, Sarah Moros is also fighting. Against Jara Banks, I think uh, no, I'm no man. I think there are only two. Fi- Mackenzie Dern is fighting Hannah. Oh, 
Cyphers or Cyphers, I'm not sure how you pronounce the name. Mackenzie Dunn is, by the way, a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu icon. Mm. Yeah, and uh, she is fighting after quite a long layoff, so let's see how that fight goes. If you don't know Mackenzie Dunn, we'll be, I'll be posting a video in the description below of how her accent evolved from perfect American, uh, perfect Californian American to Brazilian over the period of uh, five six years, which is very funny. Why did she stay in Brazil or what? I mean, she she always lived spent half her time between Brazil and the U.S. But you know, she was she's an American. She was born in the U.S. Yeah, her father is actually a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu legend. Ah, okay. Uh, if you if, if you're talking about the language, I guess okay, maybe like you know, as I lived in China, so uh, sometimes there are some situations where you like you have to speak in basic English. And if you keep on doing like that, it becomes a habit. And you, when you go back... No, I mean, one of the craziest things that happened, I believe it happened in her last fight. See, she per speaks perfect English, okay? Mm -hmm. She's an American. I mean, she is an American. She speaks American English. Mm -hmm. But over over time, her accent, uh, her accent evolved. I think she did it purposely. Maybe she did that to be part of the Brazilian culture or, you know, to be more accepted by the brazilian people i don't know i don't know the reason behind that but <laughs> one of the craziest things she did was in her last fight yeah she actually brought a freaking translator with her and i was like what the hell is going on man even joe rogan was shocked okay i'm like this lady speaks perfect english why does he why does she have a translator with her what the hell okay i'm all shocked myself yeah, if you're born in America, you spend your time in America, you speak English fluently, then why do you need it? Is she okay? If you bring a translation, she speaks English. She speaks English as her first language. Exactly. Yeah. So English is her first language. Exactly. And then she's bringing a translator. I'm like, what is this? What is this man? What world are we living? In? Or, may, okay, or is, it, is she camera? Sh I mean, like, is she like you know, those situations where you see people they lose their words when they speak in front of the camera? So maybe she was thinking, okay, if I win the fight. This is what you have to say See, for me. See, if you lose your words, if you lose your words, you lose your words in both languages, right? Why do you have, why do you have a guy? See, I, here's the thing, man. We both speak English, right? So, yeah. okay, why would you bring in, uh, why would you bring a translator? Okay. Hearing me say something when you can, when you know exactly what I'm saying. Oh, okay. They're translating it into a different language. <laughs> and then you speak in that language. <laughs> Even though you know what you have to say, and then the translator is telling you, translating that. I mean, I feel it's it's stupid beyond belief. Exactly. <laughs> if I was in place of Joe Rogan, I would be surprised myself. Yeah, uh, yeah this is shocking for me to hear. Let's see what happens in the in the, in the upcoming fight. Uh, will she bring the translator or not? And uh, yeah, one last thing I want to also add that uh, in general, uh, hats off to UFC organization. Hats off to Dana White as well for organizing this event and proving everyone else indeed, indeed. Yeah, proving everyone else that you know you can uh, held an organization uh, held an event even during the time of this pandemic issue and uh, his team to be the ground staff to the lighting crew everyone hats off to them salute to them for, for organizing a fantastic uh, night for everyone for us and uh, hopefully uh, this thing proves something for everyone uh, for other sports as well like nfl nhl and basketball that you you can also do this thing if you follow the instructions or you know the the measures and uh, hopefully uh, in the future all the sports resume they come back and uh, yeah you get to witness some good things all around the world and uh, okay Numan uh, moving on what are your thoughts and uh, predictions about this uh, this upcoming fight tomorrow 
Well, first of all, I would like to apologize to our listeners. Uh, I made a mistake. I was actually looking at the old UFC Fight Night card between Smith and Tashir. I wasn't looking at the current one. So this was supposed to be scheduled uh, for an earlier date. This was supposed to be uh, scheduled on April 24th. Mm. And it was a different fight card. That didn't take place, obviously. So we have a different fight card now. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go through the whole fight card again. So we have Chase Sherman firing Isaac Villanova. Don't know both of those guys, so one of them has a Wikipedia page, so I'll go with the <laughs> one who has the Wikipedia page. Okay, I'll be honest here, man. I mean, I've been following MA for a long time, but I, I don't know all the fighters. Let's talk about the women's bantamweight fight. Uh, Siraya Eubanks versus Sarah Morris. I feel Eubanks has the edge here, but... That fight could go either way. Uh-huh. Lightweight showdown between Michael Johnson and Thiago Moises. I think Michael Johnson takes this one again because I know who Michael Johnson is. <laughs> uh, heavyweight showdown between Ar- Andre Alovsky and Felipe Lenz. Don't tell me you know them also. Andre Alovsky is, by the way, uh, Andre Alovsky is, by the way, one of the uh, original heavyweight champions of the UFC. He used to be a champion back and way back in the day. The OGs, huh? Yeah, he's one of the OGs and he is fighting a new... He's actually fighting a debuting uh, Felipe Linz. I, you know, I'm biased, so I'll I'll pick Andre Alovsky, but I don't know how much mileage he has left in him, so we'll have to see how the fight goes. Going with the experience then. Okay, we have a catchweight uh, bout between Carl Robertson and Marvin Vittori. That fight has that fight has surprisingly stayed on the card. Um, we have a bantamweight bout between Ricky Simon and Ray Borg. Ray Borg. I'll probably go with Ray Borg. Ray Borg, one of the best names in the UFC, in my opinion. And you know, I I really like his uh, I really like uh, his fighting style. So cool. Okay, I'm okay. I'm agreeing with you on okay. that. And uh, then you have Dan Ike versus Edson Barbosa. Mm-hmm. Man, Edson Barbosa has had a few tough fights. I feel. You know, this could be uh, he stepped down to he stepped down to featherweight, so I feel this could be uh, you know his chance to bounce back because I believe he lost the last two fights. Uh, he lost the fight against Justin Gaethje that was back in March. Then he lost the fight which against Paul Felder in UFC 242, which mm. you attended by the yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and what about the, the the next one, like on Sunday, 17th May, uh, Alistair Overeem versus Walt Harris? Yeah, Alistair Overeem versus Walt Harris, that's another good card we have lined up for. Alistair Overeem, I, Walt Harris, by the way, he lost his, uh, his daughter was kidnapped a few months ago and then it was found out by the police that his daughter was actually murdered. So, I mean, prayers go out to his family and... Uh, you know, we hope he's in the right state of mind. Alistair Overeem, Walt Harris, I feel Alistair Overeem takes uh, takes this one. Uh, I could be wrong. Considering that Alistair has had... He, he's, he, hasn't, ha- he hasn't been as su- successful as uh, he was outside of the UFC. So... For me, I think... And you know, he's also... For me, recently, um, I just feel like as if Alistair Overeem is being used as a punching bag for other fighters. 
Yes, that could be true. Because the way he was brutally destroyed in the last, I don't know, yeah. previous fights. Just one thing: the fight tomorrow, the main event is between Anthony Smith and Glover Teixeira. So uh, that's the main event. I yep. both of them have lost to uh, John Jones. Anthony Smith last fight he had was against Alexander Gustafsson. He won mm-hmm. by a submission. I think it was a rear naked choke. Okay. And after that fight Gustafsson retired. So both of these guys, you know, they're the they're the light heavyweight challengers. They're uh, planning to make a comeback. I would like Anthony Smith to win, but you can't count you can't count uh, Glover Teixeira out. So anyway, that's the that's the fight card for tomorrow. The fight card for uh, Sunday. Again, the main event is Alistair Overeem versus Walt Harris, and the other fights we'll be discussing in detail uh, once we do a post-match analysis of UFC Fight Night on ESPN. Smith versus Tashira. Okay, this rounds up all the fights. Uh, what do you think, Nabil? I think we've covered pretty much everything in this episode of the podcast. Yep, and uh, once again, I'm hoping the next fights, which gonna be, gonna be good. Also, we're gonna enjoy. And guys, that's it for now from my side also as well. Take care of yourself guys. Be safe. And Numan, any last words you have? Thanks Nabil. If you like this video, please give it a thumbs up. If you didn't like this video, you can always give it a thumbs down. If you have anything to say, if you have any fight predictions, please uh, mention them in the comment section. Please subscribe to our channel. And that's it for today. We are also available on iTunes, we're also available on Google Podcasts, so we're basically available ev- uh, everywhere. You can listen to us on YouTube, you can listen to us um, through our podcast app, whether you're driving, whether you're working. So, yeah, so that's it for now. Uh, until we see you next time, probably in a few days, we'll be covering the post fight. And that's it for now. Thanks for tuning in, and goodbye, folks. Bye bye.